Okay, so we all have gone into this career in, in public relations for different reasons. Joe, what was your reason? It, I, I don't. It's just where I landed, man. You, I, I was <laughs> when you were telling your hardware story. It's like, could we please get a hardware client? That sounds fun to me. <laughs> <laughs> so pass. Anyway, PR is it's it's a it's a good. Nick has very pure intentions. He he's always <laughs> he always does things Absolutely. for the for the right reasons. And today we do something for the right reasons. We we change someone's life. You are about to listen to a podcast interview that is will make a dream come true for this one person and. Uh, that's why we're here. That's, yeah. what, that's why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Right? We came in for the first time in 442 days today, yep. all seven mm-hmm. of us in one room, yeah. to change Peter Adele's life. You're listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, <laughs> Didn't your microphone break when we were No, I was an idiot. I think I had something <laughs> muted and wasn't paying attention. You okay? It's my allergies. Yeah, yeah. Literally, I have <coughs> COVID. No, I didn't. <laughs> I don't have COVID. Jimmy got tested to be sure. You couldn't have, like, edited that better. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his desk. It's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of, like, fruit to disgusting is, like, 1 to 10. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, there's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> so welcome back. This is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, this is Matt Resch of the Resch Strategies team. Uh, we're a public affairs and a public relations firm headquartered in downtown Lansing, Michigan. You can find all of our episodes at reststrategies.com. They're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, at Rest Strategies. And, of course, the Cold Oatmeal Pod on Twitter, at Cold Oatmeal Pod. And you can follow the, the hijinks there. So this is a momentous day. And I mentioned this briefly in, in the intro Uh and this isn't even the most important part. We are going to change Peter Rudell's life. He is our guest today. He is a partner at the Hanawi Law Firm. It has been his dream um, since, I think, before the podcast existed to be a guest on our podcast. He has been very public and quite um, shame, shameless um, in trying to beg publicly to be on the podcast. For the longest time, we would not let him do that. But we were desperate for a guest <laughs> and <coughs> asked him if he could swing by to, to chat. So Peter will we be with us. We had to dip into the reserves. We did deep, deep, deep in the reserves. Into the reserves. Like list, list D. I've got like <laughs> lists of guests in my phone that I, when I think of them, I put them on my phone and then I never end up calling any of them. Uh, but Peter isn't on that list. <coughs> so uh, that's when you know. Yeah, that's yeah. how that's how deep we've gotten. Mm. But the most, the, the I think more important thing today is that it is, I was doing the math, it has been 442 days since the seven of us have been in this building together. That's insane. Weird. That's, that's crazy. crazy, actually. And it, what struck me is that it's been so stupid quiet here. Yeah, it was really all weird morning. This it's morning. like I didn't even know half of you were here. I walked in and to say hi to Stephanie. And I thought she was the only one here at the end of the hall, and I passed two offices that had people in it. I'm like, you guys, when did you get here? 
we all spent the pandemic getting very used to working very hard. Mm-hmm. Very so, silently. Very quietly, right. Well, and usually there's no one to talk to, so you just, I mean, I don't talk to myself while I'm working, so. I do. That surprises <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Laura, you're, you Aren't are, you here you to are talk? Fairly I chatty. I, I would yeah. think that you would have. A, you would be ch- chatting with yourself. With myself? Yeah. Mm, no, I mean. Not well, I mentioned it at, at lunch last last week that I think we just we're going to have to relearn how to socialize with e- with one another and with yeah. other people. It's true. In general, mm-hmm. we weren't all that awesome at it to begin with. But I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I didn't neglect. I got so excited talking about Peter and our this, this momentous occasion. I didn't let everyone introduce themselves, but pretty much everyone mm-hmm. said something. Carly, you want to start? Carly Buell. Since this is the first time is we've here. all been in a room. Carly Laura Buell. Stephanie Vancouvering. Joe Beshi. Nikki O'Mara. And Nick DeLue. And Peter Rudell is going to be our guest this week on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Um, otherwise known in downtown Lansing is Sean Gailey. Uh, we didn't really get to, we didn't talk to him a ton about that. No. But he has a doppelganger, and Sean Gailey, another lobbyist in town. They he all, was he was busy. Yeah, I tried to get him first, but <coughs> he said you must be you must have meant to call Peter. So. Well, it was kind of funny because Dyke told me that like two weeks ago he bumped into Sean Gailey, and he said all I could think of was Peter Rudell, and he said I knew it wasn't Peter Rudell, and that this other guy had a name, but I was just blanking on it for a minute, and so I just walked up to him and said, "Hey, Peter." <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm sure that it's not the first, it's not the seventeen thousandth time that that either of those have have had that yeah. happen to them. It's always funny to me when people like finally meet, like they knew no one and they know of the other one, but don't know who that person is. And then they tell stories about when they finally actually do meet, and they go up to the person on the street and they will say, "You have to be Peter or Sean because you look just like the other person." Kent Lansing is such a small town. If that's like a thing that people do, it's a and, thing. Yeah, it really is. We should have had them on together. I uh, that. Anyway, next season. Next, I don't know if Sean. It's, it may not be Sean's dream come true to be on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, but today, Peter Adele, Hottman Law Firm, uh, we make dreams come true. Okay, Sean Gailey, welcome to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. It's been a long time coming. Long time. Thanks for having me. I've been begging to get on this for what episode is this? Seventy nine. This is seventy nine. This is actually not Sean Gailey, but you. If you could see us, you would not know because it could it, it would look like Sean Gailey. This is Peter Riddell. Um, actually, this is not Peter Riddell. This is Matt Resch. Peter Riddell is sitting here <laughs> to my right. Peter Riddell is our guest uh, from Honigman Law Firm uh, today. And you're right. You've been begging to get on here forever. Mm-hmm. Is this a dream come true? This is my dream come true. I've been thinking about this ever since So what asked. do you do tomorrow? Uh, crash. It's going to be an utter <laughs> disappointment. Nothing will live up to today. I thought, first of all, I mean, you've had quite a year because, first of all, you found out you get to be, work with Matthew Schneider. And you become his, you know, a colleague of him. And now a cold oatmeal appearance. Yeah. this is. I, I think 2021 is going to be the pinnacle of my life. Here, we, thought, <laughs> here we, we thought a vaccination against COVID would be an important milestone. Um, but no. This no. Is, no. Don't so. forget let them play. I mean, that was. Well, we're going to get into that. Let them okay. play. They're playing. They are playing. Okay. They are playing. They're playing. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate that. So we have talked. We've talked. Um, it was a plan. We haven't done it as much as we were going to, but the four questions episodes for this season, it's our fourth season. The idea behind the four questions is that we are going to invite in interesting people around Lansing and ask them the same four questions about their careers, their experiences. We found three interesting people to come in throughout the course of this, this season. 
and that's kind of where we hit the wall. So Peter is going <laughs> to <laughs> Peter is going to be here, stepping in, uh, standing in for an interesting person to hand us <laughs> help us out with the four questions um, and to talk about all kinds of stuff. So everybody here, I should know. I, we already talked about the fact that this is the first time we were all back. So we're all here in person, in microphones, no one's zooming, everyone's smiling and happy to be here. It's way better. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So much better. So. You don't. I don't have to carry this. So we got we got other people here though. When did you carry it? There have been moments where <laughs> I have moments not. I have not gotten a lot of help. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> I was gonna say I when he's like alone in his car yeah. planning, <laughs> right. those Practicing. are the moments. Anyway, so Peter's here. We'll, we should get this. So the first, the four questions. Do you want me to give you all four questions now, so you can think about it, or you just want one at a time? Your your choice. Hmm. What would you do, Nikki? I think that for drama's sake, I would do one at a time. Everyone seems to be nodding, so I guess we'll, we'll go with Nikki's recommendation. Okay. So I feel like this might be like The Bachelor, right? Is this is the fourth question. Are you, are you, oh. are you here to announce something? <laughs> the most dramatic season ever. <laughs> um, okay, first question. How did it start? And well, by this, that's kind of, without any context, we're talking primarily about your career here in Lansing and what you, where you started, how you got here, and what you're doing now. So um, it started as I was a high school senior at Shepherd High and wrote a letter to my state senator telling her I was going to be going to Michigan State University and please give me a job. <laughs> oh. And Kurt Berryman called me up and said, I have a job for you. So before I started college, I started uh, as a Senate page sponsored by Senator Joanne Emmons from Big Rapids. So that's how it started. Many, many moons ago. Was there something about that letter that jumped out to Kurt? Because you didn't have, did you, you didn't know. Timing. Uh, right. It was just dumb luck and timing, like so many things that happen in life. And Kurt Berryman. It seems like that seems to be a common thread of, of a lot of these things. A, a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> Not always good things, but Kurt Berryman is involved in a lot of things. I think it's funny that the, the two times his name, his name has been dropped on the podcast is one from Aura. Osborne from the owner of October Moon and you a partner in a major law firm. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. So what happened after you? So you got to be a page. What what happened next? So it was the best job I've ever had. I wish I could go back and do it, right? <laughs> it was a 20 hour a week, no commitment. I walked around. I learned my way around town, right? I, I made lots so, of friends. So it, it prepared you well for a career in lobbying. <laughs> Just walking around town, talking to people. Um, so, so after that, um, you know, I started working in, in Senator Emmons' office in 1996, right? I mean, some of you were around in 1996. It was kind of a, a wave year for the Democrats, and I was on the Republican side. And I saw a lot of my friends with their poli-sci degrees suddenly unemployed with no real prospects. And so uh, Senator Emmons had, a, had created, you know, a, a bit of a uh, following and she had um, put a lot of people through law school, right? Um, so she encouraged me to go to law school. DCL, Detroit College of Law, had just moved to Michigan State. And so I started uh, the night program there and went through uh, the night program, which was, which was four years. Um, I took the summers off. It was four straight years. And in, in 1998, I was planning to take a semester off and work on Scott Romney's campaign for attorney general. Oops. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Oops is right. <laughs> and so uh, I ended up 
uh, not obviously taking the semester off law school, finishing. And then when I was graduating from law school, uh, my elections law professor offered me a job in his lobbying firm. So I went to work for Wiener Associates before I graduated law school and stayed there for 17 years. Talk a little bit about that crew who worked for Senator Emmons. Because I think, I don't know if it was you, but was one of one of you posted a picture of kind of all of you when you were young. And it's, it's quite a... Hey, he's still young. <laughs> Thank <Ooh>. you, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't look all that different back then, but what is the... What is, <laughs> as Nikki pulls out her camera, this next picture. <laughs> that, was, that was quite a crew. Who was on that? Who worked there with you? So, uh, so Joanne ran in uh, 1986. She ran from Big Rapids. So in 1986, uh, Colleen House Engler was vacating the seat to run as uh, Lucas's lieutenant governor um, against Jim Blanchard. So she was running from Big Rapids. It was a Big Rapids Mount Pleasant seat, and and she was not the favorite. Right, the the Mount Pleasant oil boys had put all of their money behind one of their own. Um, and she upset him, right? She, she defeated him in, an, in, in a bit of an upset. And so her first staff was Peter Jaskowski and Susan Dana. And then in 1990, again, right, running against the good old boys, right, at this time for the state senate, trying to replace John Engler, who at that time was running for governor, uh, she was running against John Molinar. And a, no lot way, of people, really? a lot of people mm-hmm. forget that. John Molinar was a, a, a fresh young face, and she was running against John Molinar and defeated, defeated John Molinar. And Kurt Berryman at the time uh, was her campaign manager. So if you, if you talk, those were kind of her, her first three staff. Patty Hertrich, who is now the chief of staff to Senator Stamas, was part of the staff. Uh, the late Brett Henderson was part of our, part of our team. Um, Alan Wilk was actually part of the team back in 1990, oh, wow. who's a mm-hmm. partner at Dykema. Um, Eric Hinkst, who is now the government relations guy at Walmart. Jeremiah Mankoff came on after after I was there. Uh, Gene Luther Lowe, who is a political guy in the Senate Republicans right now and, and at one point worked for Brian Kelly. Uh, was Wasn't Holcomb staff. in there, too? Uh, I, I haven't finished. You cut oh, me so off. Okay. So. <laughs> Uh, Jim Holcomb, who is right, the CEO designate of the of the Michigan Chamber, was part of the crew as well. So I'll stop there. That's a lot of names to remember. <laughs> I'm very impressed. Thanks, Nikki. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's quite a that picture was. It, it's funny when you see all those people kind of come together. I I, I, I remember it. Not, nothing like the list of names you just rattled off, but um, Craig DeRoche, when he was speaker, put together a. A team of Leah Holcomb was a part of that too, um, and you think back at some of those people and, and where they are now. It's just fun to look back and see where everyone started and to see how they were all connected by this one person. Mm-hmm. She was a fantastic mentor. Um, um, she was really one of my first mentors, and I, I'm very lucky to to have had an opportunity to work for her. So did you forgive me? So you were Paige. What you did time in her office as a, a mm-hmm. how long were you? Did you work in the legislature before you went did the law school gig? So, you know, I, uh, I, I went from uh, undergrad directly into law school. So okay. I worked for her in college and then um, worked for her full-time for a short period um, before I did a stint with Randy Richardville and then Dan DeGro. Uh, and I finished with Dan DeGro before I went to work for, for Rick. Okay. And so Rick Wiener is the one you're talking about who hired you to come join Wiener Associates. Correct. 
So a little, uh, another little funny story. I mean, again, life is full of random funny stories, I think, right? I think fate plays a, a big role or divine intervention, however you want to characterize it. So 1998, I was taking this semester off law school, uh, and a weekend, right, we lose the convention, Scott loses the convention, and I have to go to the dean and say, hey, I don't want to take this semester off anymore. I want to go back to law school. And he says, you have to go and ask all of your professors if they will let you in a week late. And so I had to go to my elections law professor, Rick Wiener, and say, will you please let me in? And, and um, having known at the time that he happened to be running Jennifer Granholm's campaign for attorney general, I was a little evasive about the reasons <laughs> that I was, I was a week late. So it, we, we kind of hit it off from that moment on. So he was running her campaign while teaching law school at the same time? And being a lobbyist, right? And so, yes. Classic overachiever. So what, thinking back, um, so now you've, you were at Wiener & Associates forever. You became a partner and changed, changed the name to RWC Advocacy. We had, we had good advice on our name change. You know, and then you have been with Hahnemann now for two, three years? Three, three plus. So when you think back on all of that, what, this is question number two. So drum roll, Carly. What was the best thing? What was the best thing over that entire mm -hmm. part of my career? Today. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I walked right into that. I, <laughs> I knew that was going to be the answer. That's why it was a softball question. Second best thing. You know, this, this experience at Honigman, right? The last three years um, have been just absolutely fantastic. It's a great law firm, right? It is, it is um, as a varied practice, a, a fantastic history. I, you know, m many people may not know this, but, I mean, it was a solo prop who opened the law firm, Jason Honigman. Uh, we really are a, a family firm. We're in our second generation of leadership. All of the people who are leaders of our firm were hired personally by Jason. He started the firm in 1948 in the uh, first national building, Campus Martius, downtown Detroit, and we've never moved. So since that point in time, and we have no plans of moving ever. How many attorneys are there? Because I was looking up. I had to make sure I got your fancy title right, so I had to go to this website and find you and all that. And, and um, there's a lot of people. The directory is big how many lawyers are there so there's about three 350 lawyers right we've got about eight offices we still maintain our detroit as our as our main headquarters and most of our offices are in michigan we have two out-of-state offices in chicago and in washington dc and so right now you you have an you're an interesting mix because you're obviously an attorney and do a lot of attorney work i mean we can talk about some of, of that um in a bit but you also are a lobbyist and do lobbying work so how how much of your day job is lawyering and how much of it is lobbying? Yeah, so probably 70% of it is probably lobbying, what you would consider. And then 30% is probably legal work. That's at a dart of the board at this moment in time. So but that's a pretty, pretty close mix. <clears throat> do you like one over the other? I like the variety. Right, I like I like being able to do a variety of things. So I think that's what's what's most appealing about Honigman is the variety of things that I'm able to do on a daily basis. So what about on the the best thing category? Okay, you kissed up to your employer. That's great. The Honigman <laughs> family will be will be happy with that being a best thing. Legislative accomplishment. You think back to your times as a lobby. Is there a best thing that you you think back of? Well, it's the thing that I worked with half of the people in this room, or at least some of the people in this room on, right? I mean, it's the campaign for smoke-free air because it was a mountain of a hill to climb and we were pushing a big rock and had everyone working against us repeatedly. So, you know, probably my work um, on the health side for the Heart Association Cancer Society and Lung Association. How long right? did that take? 
most of my life. So, <laughs> I mean, in earnest, in earnest, it took probably five years. Um, and, and we were at the tail end, right? I mean, it was, it, we were one of the last states to actually implement this that was not a tobacco growing state. So this was the, re- the smoking, no smoking in, in restaurants. Correct. Yeah. Still the highlight of my list to, as well. And where, and where were you doing at that point? I worked for Emily at uh, John you Bailey. You worked with Emily? Okay. It hadn't even become Lambert. It was still Yeah, we were still, still John, John Bailey. Bailey and Associates. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember Emily and Peter tacking against the world. That's what it felt like. Emily's been, <laughs> Emily's been on the podcast. She was actually our first guest. Of course she was. So <laughs> <laughs> Probably in my old office. <laughs> um, if you think back, is there something you would change? This is question number three. What would you, what would you change about the experience so far? You know, that's a, that's a fantastic question, you know, so, Thank you. uh, <laughs> so did Laura, Nikki, Stephanie, who came up with that question is number three. <laughs> Just wait to get to number four. <laughs> so, you know, Caroline and I, and, and I think everyone, almost everyone in this room knows my wife, Caroline. So, and, and Caroline and I are the products of failure and we laugh about it. R- repeatedly. What? So had had Scott Romney won in 1998, my career path would have gone a dramatically different direction. Um, in 2000, um, she was working for Spence Abraham's campaign uh, for the U.S. Senate. So had Spence won, her life would have gone in a dramatically different direction. So I think that the bumps along the road or the failures, however you want to characterize them, help build who you are today. So you know, I don't have a, a lot in the rearview mirror thinking about what I would do differently or what I would have done differently because I think the failures help build you today. So I was, I don't know if I, I've told anyone this, I had, after Brenda and I got married, um, she was or got a job in Fort Wayne, <coughs> Indiana, where my parents lived and where I was from. And it was, and I worked in the governor's office at that point, and it was our full intention that I would find a job in Fort Wayne and we would move back to Fort Wayne. So for the first year of our marriage, she lived in my room in my parents' house, and I lived in an apartment in Lansing, and we would see each other on weekends while I tried desperately to find a job in Fort Wayne. And I was able to get one offer in a year, and it was to do internal communications and newsletter writing for a hardware store. I knew this story. You knew this story. You, you've told me this. Sure, it sounds very lucrative. And I was. It was. It's. It's. It's a company. It's do it best. You know that company that has the franchises. Oh, yeah. yeah. Their headquarters is in Fort Wayne, and so this was preparing the newsletters and all of the communications that goes out to all the franchise owners across the country. And I, I went down to Indianapolis and went to their big hardware store convention, and I m- went and met the executives of the hardware store company, and I even had a had a headhunter help me find this job and. It was that exact moment. Like I got the job offer, and I'm like, I can't go do that. And so we stayed here, and we decided maybe we should find a job in Michigan. So I totally get what you're, totally get what you're laying down there. It's a good story. Thanks. What was Brenda's job? She worked uh, with the Fort Wayne Philharmonic. She was education coordinator, which was at the time her dream job. That's exactly what she wanted to do, and she was able to get get the job. And you know, I was. I had been talking to a woman who was running for mayor of Fort Wayne, and she was, everyone in town thought for sure she was going to win. It was a foregone conclusion she was going to be the next mayor of Fort Wayne. And the idea was I was going to go and and work for her. And she lost by, I think, 
three votes. Wow. Something like that. And she couldn't find a good election lawyer. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> For when they play nice, it's okay. You won three three votes. We're done. Um, but yeah, so they she lost, and I that was the plan. I was going to go do that, and so then that sent me on a year's path of looking at a hardware store um, before. So so Brenda gave up her life's dream to follow you to Lansing, Michigan. Is that the moral of You're, this? You are looking at a room full of people who have given up their life's dreams to, <laughs> to follow you. Oh, well, I never left. So. Yeah, so that's, yeah. So about the process, let's talk about the process, the legislative process, the lobbying process. Is there something you would change about that? A lot of people have talked about and lamented term limits and whether or not you think that's the big thing you would change or is there something about the system in Lansing that you would change? So, you know, I think, you know, prior to term limits, you saw more decisions made on the floor of the respective chambers. So you would see a more deliberative process in the public sphere. And and today, I think you see um, more decisions made in the caucus rooms and 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 the party line being held for either party, right? Both both sides. So I think if there is one thing that I would I would encourage change, it's a more deliberative process on on the respective chamber floor, and have greater debate and a, and a greater willingness to cross party lines. So I think this is this is not systemic to Michigan, right? This is nationwide, um, where we have gotten so entrenched in our respective camps that we don't know how to talk to each other. Yeah, when they talk, it's it's fake talk. Mm-hmm. It's talking point talk. It's like they're talking for the, <coughs> the the TV cameras or whoever's paying attention, but it's not like the, how they would ever talk. And it always strikes me when you talk to legislators or you hear them talk about how, you know, when behind the scenes or when we're out, when we're all out to lunch or out to dinner or just meeting privately, it's just so different than what you see on the, on the, the floors. And like they admit that and then they say, like, it's a good thing. I'm like, well, then why <laughs> why aren't you that way in real life? when everyone's watching. But. So last question, and you may have already answered this question in a roundabout way, um, but thinking back, who will you remember when this is all, when this is all done and you've retired to the, the country club and you're playing golf and you're still the president of, of, of the country club? No, that will not happen. <laughs> <laughs> but you get that parking spot. The worst parking spot in Lansing. It's in the sun all day long. <laughs> What, who will you remember when you think back to all of this, whatever all of this is? So I think I'll probably think back at, at my mentors, right? I think those are the people that I will I will think back at the most. Um, and it's because I've had so many in such a wide variety, right? If you start with Kurt and Joanne, um, you know, in 96, um, I was working on Dave Porteous's campaign for MSU trustee, all right? Got to meet a wonderful human being who's become a, a huge fixture in our lives, Right. Uh, he made the motion for me to become a member of the bar. Right. And then, you know, I kind of glossed over 2000 where I was an interim campaign manager for Matthew Schneider for oh. for su- the Supreme Court candidates. And right. You know, I developed a, a fantastic relationship with Bob Young through that through that period. And then, of course, of course, Rick and Richard as well. So I think I'd, I think when this is all said and done, I'll think about how blessed I've been to have such wonderful mentors to help guide me. No, she didn't say me. <clears throat> no, I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
We can still, we don't have to air this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the other guy's coming in at 1130. That's right. The guy, the guy who couldn't come originally is going to be, we're not going to, we, so we got to wrap this up because we got to get you out of that chair. <laughs> we appreciate you coming in. Um, any other questions? Anything for Peter? Why are you looking at me? I don't know. Um, you know, I am curious about your take on the, the law degree. So in my home, I'm married to an attorney who's a lobbyist, and we have a lot of conversations about the value of a law degree to the process. <clears throat> How much of a leg up do you think it gives you? I think it gives me deference from people who are not lawyers. Right? I think that's the biggest leg up that it gives me. I also think that right, law school teaches you how to think. Right? It mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily teach you how to do. So I think I was trained to think a little bit differently than those who are not lawyers. So I think those those are kind of the two advantages that mm -hmm. it brings more than anything else. Um, yeah, th 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 that would probably be the end of my list is just those two. Okay, that was the right answer. Thank you. The, <laughs> the, the law firm getting into lobbying, though, is a fair, is, is it, it's a fairly recent phenomenon, right? Dykema did it for a very long time, but it seems like there are more firms that are kind of getting into this realm. So, you know, Honigman has, has been in this world for probably 10 to 15 years, just a, m a much more subtle, subtle way. So John Pirich, um, right, mm -hmm. and Joe Garcia mm -hmm. were, were at the firm for, you know, John was there for, for a long time and incredibly successful and really helped build the Lansing office to what it is today. And then Joe, Joe Garcia came from Karub when he retired from Karub, came and became a, a partner at, at Honigman. And Dennis has been with the firm for about five or six years, Dennis much more. And so we've, we've been in this space. Um, it, it just kind of has evolved a little bit differently than those at, at Dykema and some of the other law firms. So, you know, Dykema's, you know, most of their government relations groups are non-lawyers, right? And the same thing goes for Clark Hill's team. So our, our model is just a little bit different than, than those other law firms. So especially with our, our recent addition, we've, in addition to Matthew, we've, we've added Mark Burton. Um, from the Michigan Economic Development Corporation and from Governor Whitmer's office, who is also also a lawyer. Who's cleaning your house these days? Uh, two <laughs> dynamic cleaning people, you know, Ellie and Nora. Um, I forget that we share, right, the beautiful yeah. Stella, who was so yes, amazing. Stella. At one. Stella was amazing. She was the best. Amanda. Uh, Stella and Amanda. I forgot about Amanda. Amanda was the meth cooker. Yeah. Oh yeah. You shared that this. you shared that one too? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we shared that one. And so at, at one point, you know, I just love the story that, that Amanda's boyfriend broke up with her on their way to our house. And she had oh. locked herself in her car and there was phenomenal drama going on. That's it was amazing. You know, at, at one point, um, our kids were very little at that point. Uh, we had to clean something in our house, um, which we now do ourselves, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and our, our oldest daughter, Ellie, said, Mom, that's Stella's vacuum. What are you doing with Stella's vacuum? Which was actually ours. So she had, <laughs> at that stage in her life, only seen Stella use it. Yeah. Yep. They were a crew. They were a crew. They were very, very fast and very, very good. But it turns out that it was July. They were on a lot of meth. <laughs> oh, my God. So... And I forget why did what caused their downfall? Cooking meth in Dyke's office. Yes, let's let's make sure that we get that out. Yeah, they were so good. They had they were working for a lot of people in town, and Dyke had recommended them to clean their office at the beer and wine wholesalers, and they just couldn't stop cooking the meth long enough to not do it at the beer and wine wholesalers. 
Wow. That's I mean, insane. were they getting their cleaning done though? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, like what's what's the problem with the side? Yeah, muscles? yeah, they were getting it done, but <laughs> and and very well. But <laughs> it's kind of like my philosophy with all of us working from home. Like, are you getting the work done? Yeah, I don't really care what. <laughs> Perfect. I like that philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Peter, I appreciate you. I do appreciate you coming in to join us on the podcast. You'll have now to come up with a new joke. Because for people, and people will know, followers of this podcast will know that you've been very public and very, it's getting embarrassing really, how public you've been <laughs> in begging to be on this. And now there's only one person left. What is he going to do? That, what are you guys? That's a line we will not cross, right? <laughs> the whale. He's got his own podcast Yeah, he now, doesn't need so us. So he doesn't he need doesn't. us. He, I think he's trying to be he, bigger than this. Yeah, he's, he, uh, <laughs> he, got, he waited for a long time. It, it, the time just never came. And so he just decided to go do his own thing. But... You have more important things to do than he does, apparently, so you can't start your own podcast. I, I can't, and, and I don't know that I would be able to work all this equipment that Joe's got in front yeah. of him. It's pretty intimidating. It's a it's an octopus of, of It looks like more than it is. To be fair, he can't work at half the time. Yeah, that's, so. that's why we have that's why, Carly, <laughs> that's why Carly's here. <laughs> well, I came in here the other day because I was going to try to attempt to record a voiceover myself, and I thought, well, I'll just go in and get one of those microphones, and I like lifted up that pile of cord. And thought, well, no, that's a sign. I'm not. I'm not supposed to do any voiceover. <laughs> you could you could mess with it. What was your voiceover for? Oh, it was just a client thing. It was oh. a video. And honestly, my voice was not the one they wanted to hear. So I was on the fence anyway. And it was the pile of cordage that put me over the edge. Well, you, we'll get you back to your uh, your hourly billing clients here yeah. now. But yeah. uh, Peter, thanks. For I wasn't able to bill you for this. You can <laughs> you can bill all you want. <laughs> that's not that's that's not going to be a problem. We did we did get you a mug though. Ah, now thank you. you. You have a mug, yeah. an official mug. Anyway, it's been Peter Riddell on this. Actually, I did it again. It has not. It's been me, but it's been Peter has been here as our guest. <laughs> we'll be right back. Really? Yeah. I didn't I know he had a cold oatmeal shirt. I told you I, I was going to take him one. Yeah. Does he like it? Yeah. Who was he it? Said that it's I was... super soft. You know what? <laughs> who was it that just said that to me? Who was else has the? Who was else it has... Laura? I just she literally Laura grabbed it this morning. I just no. grabbed one out of the box and I was all excited. At how I think it was my it mother. Because <laughs> I, I sent my dad one, and um, I think either for his birthday or for Father's Day. No, Father's Day hasn't happened yet, so it must have been his birthday. But she, she, I think she made a mention that it was so soft. She didn't even, I don't even think she was doing the joke. But they yeah, are, I mean, it is very soft. They are. Way by design. I was yeah. excited when I grabbed it out of the box, you know, since I haven't left my house in a year. It's the first time I've seen them in person. Yeah, yeah. so this is the first time you've, you've, really, you've been here. I mean, you were here. Did you, were you here? Were you here last week when yes, I was yeah. here? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Everyone was here last week. Besides you. you. Okay. That's right. Well, no, one, no one told me. I'm uh, lobbying for quarter zips. As the Love next, it. Um, I support this. I, I that, like that. That would be I a good don't. a good fall addition to yeah, the, it would. Little, when the weather gets a little cooler. For the next season. Mm-hmm. Well, when are we going to open a store on the website? Because <laughs> we it seems like we should do that at this point. I, 
There's enough stuff. Like four my, things you can start selling stuff. My <laughs> mailing and shipping capabilities are like top tier at this point. I could definitely get those. We could, we could. There you go. Shipped out. We could do that. We should. I've thought about doing like a website for the podcast, but you know. Sure. We could do that. We sell some stuff. I was going to say we do have a website for the podcast. Oh, you're right. That's right. That's what, that's <laughs> so, Joe, you've got a car? No. Oh, oh. I, first of all, before we get into your car, your mom's car, um, I should say that a number of people have commented to me how salty your language was on the last <laughs> episode. And I have to keep reminding them that you were like, 90 minutes out of a yeah. head trauma you and a head that injury. you probably weren't thinking straight. I feel like when we were also dropping that was bombs. the day before it needed to be done and yeah I had other things to do so I kind of raced through I kind of I kind of coasted on the editing of that one a little bit yeah I got a lot of people some people loved it some people were surprised we didn't bleep it mm. who but was there any were there any complaints there, there were no people? complaints okay. all right there was it was more surprised than okay. anything else good I don't want to have to dislike listeners so <laughs> So, um, and also got really good feedback about Zach. Actually, Zach's always great. It was actually, the feedback was in, in hugely flattering. I think you'll appreciate it because um, he said, the person who came up to me said, I just got done listening to Zach, your interview with Zach, and I have to tell you, it was, it was like, like a Seinfeld episode. It was about absolutely nothing. <laughs> you talked about absolutely nothing for 30 minutes, but it was funny and smart, like Seinfeld. I'm like, that's the, that's that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to that us. That is nice. <laughs> so you've got a car? Or what's your car I situation? don't have a car. I have my brother's car at the moment. I'm basically mooching off family members for the foreseeable future. Uh, and right now, Bobby's the unlucky family member. And I'll probably, my mom's car is in the shop at the moment. And as soon as it's not, I will probably steal that for a while and they've been adamant about like you can take forever to find a new car so it'll I'm in no, so I'm in no hurry that. yeah I will do that I told you that I did see a Jeep Cherokee up north that, well how did it look it had like a it was rougher than yours okay. which I'll, is saying something but yeah. it was it was it was moving I mean and it had like a big I, I know it's not a cattle thing but it had yeah but it had because I actually just saw another Jeep down down here that had the same kind of big bar in the front of it. Hmm. I'm not sure what it was before, but I thought that would be cool for you to drive around the West Side neighborhood yeah, with your cattle thing on the front of your Jeep. I, uh, I mean, I see nice ones every now and then, and I, if I find a nice one, I will, I will think very hard about getting. I mean, maybe one. he needs to have some sort of protection on his car in case a crazy lady comes back. Yeah. Yeah, because the airbags don't work. So. Yeah. Were there airbags? Did that I car mean, have that airbags? Ha- it had airbags. Um, <laughs> but they didn't, I, I was under the impression that... I, yeah, no. <laughs> Wasn't intense enough to, to set off the airbags, but it, it's it marketed as having airbags. It didn't explode entirely, yeah. so the airbags didn't go off. Yeah. Okay. Well, keep us posted. People are interested. They want to know. Well, you know, I don't think people <laughs> deserve to hear. We haven't had one like, hey, Joe, I'll sell you my car for, a, like, where, where, are the, where are the offers? Tracy well, Tracy asked me if you'd found a car yet and then talked about how picky you were about the car, kind of car you wanted. Okay. I guess we can update people, but, I mean, I was really You're, hoping listeners would. Maybe by next season you'll have a car. Yeah. I would hope so. We are kind of coming to the, the close here of season four. I'm not sure how many more episodes we have in, in the tank. Before we, before we want to take the summer off, but maybe we will have to do a summer, a special, special summer edition or a, or announcement if if you find a car. Yeah, you could live tweet update. Sure, it'll be great. All the like, I'm sure it'll have like 
like crank windows and all these amazing top line features. It'll be we can we can spend a whole yeah. thirty minutes talking about it. Anyway, one other last thing before I, we leave. Um, our good friend Adam Bitely, who's been a guest. Did mm-hmm. you see this, Joe? The tray. He's he's an official McDonald's influencer. Yeah, I saw it. So on Instagram, <laughs> he has been like select. I don't know how we should have. I, I was going to no ask idea. him to come on to talk about how he became an official influencer for McDonald's. I'm sure you only but, need to spend, you know, $60,000 at McDonald's over the course <laughs> of your life. But his his Instagram feed now says like paid sponsorship under it when you put when you Does post. it really? I yeah, didn't notice I'm, that. I'm pretty okay. sure it does. Anyway, they sent him a tray in the mail and he was very played some baroque music and yep. revealed this tray. He has his own personalized uh, McDonald's tray. I'm not sure what he's supposed to do with it. But. Well, I think McDonald's does these things where uh like celebrities will kind of make their meal and you can buy like the such and such celebrity meal so adam created what what his meal his is. celebrity meal his celebrity meal if he were a celebrity is what he like did with his tray and it was it was like a i watched it i watched his five minute video it was a it was a fry a high c orange pop thing um and it was like a mcdouble with nothing on it but like shredded lettuce <laughs> Seemed pretty lame, but oh, and chicken nuggets, but with three dipping sauces. Did he have oh the, 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 he had the, sauce? he had the Szechuan sauce. There you go. Okay. Well, I'm sure people are riveted. <laughs> yeah, about, you brought it up, <laughs> man. <Adam's tray. laughs> um, so I do want to thank Peter Riddell, uh, from Honigman for joining us, uh, today on the podcast. Uh, he's with the Honigman Law Firm and he has been, we made dreams come true today. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we did, and I think we're we basically all, Disney World. Yeah. We all go into these, you know, these lines of work for different reasons, mm-hmm. um, but I think we, we change lives. Uh, we do it all the time, and today we we changed another one. Yeah. So it's good. I feel inspired. We can all go take a nap now. <laughs> <laughs> can we? <laughs> Sounds good. Anyway, this is Matt Resch from the Resch Strategies team. You're listening to Cold Open the podcast. And we will talk to you next week.